Welcome to another episode of Tech Check with Kay. It's your host, Cheryl Carla, in the studio today. And unfortunately, our co-hosts couldn't make it, but I am joined by another brilliant guest. Everyone, meet Taryn Michael, the official winner of the Hackathon. Welcome, Taryn. It's so good to have you with us. Congratulations on your win. It was really well-deserved. Thank you very much, and I'm really happy to be here. Now, I was invited as a guest judge at the Wits Hackathon, and this was truly an event I was so glad I attended. Not only did I get to experience something different for me, I also learned a lot from it. But before we go over to Taryn, let me first explain what a hackathon is, because people usually have a misconception about it. They think that you have to actually hack something, which is not the case. A hackathon is an event usually hosted by a tech company or organization where programmers get together for a short period of time to collaborate on a project. The participants work rapidly and often work without sleep to achieve their task, as the events generally only last 24 hours or take place over a weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys, pulled an all-nighter. Yeah, we spent the whole time like without any sleep at all. And lots of energy drinks, I'm assuming. Yes, so many energy drinks. Those participating in a hackathon will work with like-minded individuals to utilize new technologies and hack together tons of codes from different sources to achieve the goal. Now, back to Taryn. Tell us a bit about yourself. At what point did you realize you wanted to be part of this hackathon? Well, a friend of mine, one of my team members, I think it was a few days before the hackathon, he sent me the LinkedIn post that, you know, had the link to the hackathon and all that. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, I might as well take part. I haven't taken part in a hackathon in like so, so long. So let me just give it a go. Um, it's also my first year at FIT, So let me see, you know, what it's all about. And how did you prepare for it? I looked at the theme of the hackathon. So it said digitization in mining. So I just did a little bit of research of what exactly that would entail and, you know, how digitization has currently been implemented in mining to give me a bit more of an idea of what we'd possibly be doing. I remember when I attended the hackathon, they said, and this is the thing I still can't wrap my head around, the geolocation services are outdated. The last surveys they've done was from the 1980s and it's all paper records. What are some of the challenges you faced when preparing for the hackathon? One of the challenges was definitely the data. Since we weren't given any data set to work with and we had to find our own, it was a bit difficult because most of the data, as you remember from the competition, it's firstly outdated and it's all on paper records. And other than that, the data set that we do have digitized is scattered all over the place and you have a difficult time finding the data. That was the main issue, just collecting all the data sources we may need and putting them together to implement our solution on. If you say the information is scattered, is that the information is scattered across the internet and also, I'm assuming, in paper copies in offices everywhere throughout the country? Yes, definitely everywhere across the country in offices and then across various websites as well. That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) Tell us about the moment you won the competition. What was that like for you? Uh, It was a really exciting moment for me, I would say. It was really an amazing feeling knowing that, you know, my team has won, especially since, as I said, it's my first year at FITS. I come from Salt Lake University in Kimberley. It's a university that, you know, when we take part in competitions, people don't really see us as competitors. <laughs> you know, they look more at those from FITS or those from UCT and like, oh, these are the guys we need to watch out for. It was really exciting to show that even students from other universities can also beat other competitors from you know, these universities are considered the top universities. Mm. Yeah. And what advice can you give any others out there who want to follow a similar path? 
Um, I would say, you know, just go for it. Something you're interested in or if you come across such an opportunity, even though, you know, there's the possibility you won't win or you'll struggle and so on, it's still a great opportunity. You can network with like-minded people or others in your field and it's a way to, you know, get exposure for yourself and to connect also with people in industry. So definitely take any opportunity you can get to attend these competitions. And if, you know, you're new to the field, it's really good to take, you know, short courses to just improve on your skills and use those courses to practice before taking part in these competitions as well. And can you walk us through the process or the challenge for your winning concept? You guys were chosen as the best viable solution for the mining industry. Can you just walk us through your your project, what specifically you were aiming for? Yes, so our project had uh, actually quite a few elements to it. So one of the first things was to tackle the the issue of all the paper records that we have. So we thought, how could we, you know, get all of that and store it digitally and in a central database, you know? So what we did was we implemented optical character recognition. So what that does is if you scan maybe an image of some of the paper records, you scan it in, what that will do is it scans those images and then it will extract the text from it. And then later on that can be converted into a PDF format and that can be stored in some database as well. And then another part of the solution was, as I said, we have all this other information scattered across websites. So what you can do is upload PDF documents and it can then summarize those documents for you because a lot of the time those reports are also so so long and just reading through it takes time and a lot of the time you know only take like a few points from that long pdf so it will summarize the pdf and then at some point we'd like to implement that it will store that PDF also in some sort of central database and maybe categorize it so that it also gets all these different data sources stored in one place to make it easier for you to access the different sources. I think that would truly revolutionize the mining industry, especially since everything's been scattered for yeah. the last three or four decades. It's four decades, yes it is. Wow, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will definitely help with that. And then that's just one component of our solution. The other component was looking at what can you do before mining actually takes place in terms of, you know, improving the profits made by mining companies. So what you'll do is you'll look at the mining potential of different areas. So we took factors such as the water availability, the natural resources in that area, and then the environment sensitivity. So environment sensitivity would be like, for example, how loose or unstable is the ground? Like if you mine in it, will it collapse on you or so on? Is that area prone to any natural disaster? disasters and then also is it a conserved or protected region. So we look at all those factors and see how it contributes to the mining potential of that region. And then what we did was companies would be able to simulate those conditions. So, for example, if there's a region they're interested in and they estimated that the water availability is like 50% and the natural resources is like 70% and environment sensitivity is 10%, they can simulate those conditions and then see what the mining potential will then be of that region. And that helps them decide, okay, are we going to expand our company into that region and like mine there? Or if it's a new company, are we going to start up our company and do our mining? in this region or not to get, you know, the most out of it. 
And now, now that you've won, where to from here? What does the future hold? Well, I'm still a student, so I guess first <laughs> would be to finish what you know my qualification, and hopefully we can get in the process of the business incubation of the idea because I feel it will really be a useful solution for the mining industry. And we have had one meeting with a potential investor, someone who might help us with the business incubation. So we'll see how it goes from there. Other than that, I've registered to take in various other hackathons also so definitely we'll be taking part in the Namisa one that's coming up mm-hmm. and there's also the BRICS challenge which is more a global competition that I'll also be taking part of um, so I'm definitely excited for those ones as well. Good luck with that. <laughs> I remember that you were the only woman in this year's hackathon adverts. We would like to see more women entering the space. What advice would you give them? You know people always ask me how I feel as a woman in the tech space and they always expect me to say that it's so intimidating or I feel so uncomfortable and undermined. But, you know, honestly, I haven't felt like that at all. I've felt completely welcomed into the space and completely comfortable and I feel like an equal, you know, Mm. to the males. So if, you know, people can get rid of the notion that it's very difficult for women to get into the tech space and that Mm. it's intimidating and they look down upon, that will really help other females not feel as intimidated to into the space and they'll see that it's not as difficult as everyone says. In fact, I feel like companies actually want more women from the managers down to the employees. I think it was yesterday I was speaking to one of the data scientists at FNB and he was telling me how the moment in his team there are like seven guys and there's been females, you know, over the years, but they've only stayed for like a limited amount of time and then they left. And during that time that they were there, they brought a certain dynamic to the team that was really positive and really great for the team. And after they left, everyone was sort of disheartened and, you know, upset that now they don't have any more females in the team. So if we can have more females speaking about their positive experiences, experiences, other females will feel more motivated to take part and it will also be useful to have these like programs that are targeted at females and Mm. equipping them with the skills to get into industry as well. I think it's now easier than ever for women to get into tech. A lot of the stigma has been dealt with. So if ever there's a time for women to to pursue a career in tech, now is the time. Thanks so much for coming through and speaking to us. This has been educational and I'm sure you have given us a new perspective on all things programming. From myself and the Citizen Tech crew, thanks for tuning in. Catch us again next week. Until then, stay awesome, Gotham.